What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by Thunderblock Sports, a part of the Bullpen Cart Podcast feed. Little different of an episode for you guys. We recorded this on Thursday night, and then the weekend got away from me. A uh, little topsy turvy life stuff going on. Don't need to bog you down with the details. So dropping this on Sunday morning. So we do talk about college football. You can hear all of our takes on the busy slate that happened yesterday. Here, if we had any idea if Northwestern was going to upset Wisconsin, how we thought Bedlam between Oklahoma State and Oklahoma was going to go, as well as if we thought Indiana was going to make it as close as they did with Ohio State. But enjoy that. We do our Week 11 picks for the NFL, which is about to start in a couple hours. And that's it. I think we had a lot of fun recording it. Let us know what you think in the comments. As always, though, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen card on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG, ThunderBlog Sports on Instagram, and join the conversation on our Facebook group. You can search the bullpen card there. But enjoy this week's episode. Let us know what you think in the comments. And here we go. episode of the Fun Retailgate podcast presented by ThunderBlogSports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Joining me, as always, is the man, the myth, the legend himself. He's actually getting an intro last week. Mr. Matty D, how are you? <laughs> I'm great after that introduction. I'm feeling, I'm feeling much better now. I oh, am, yeah. Uh, yeah, all about, look. I'm feeling better. My T-Birds, my fabulous Thunderbirds, that's my go-to fantasy football name across all four leagues, I believe, at this point. Kind of keep keep with the, the thread. It's an old family tradition name there. So the fabulous Thunderbirds are, are, are in most leagues having a great season. There's one there they're not, but we won't talk about it yet. So I'm doing pretty great. And uh, honestly, a great weekend last week with the Masters. Got out for some golf myself. Um, and we're getting a little bit of better weather this weekend before I think it takes a pretty much a permanent turn for the worse i had to guess moving forward so uh great last weekend maybe a a nice golf for the season coming up yeah it's a good closing weekend uh sadly no lehigh loft this is normally our lehigh lafayette preview episode with uh you know the fcs for the most part being canceled aside from our good friend in north dakota state that matt broke down uh i think (laughs) there might be one conference that's playing but yeah no patriot league they might play in the spring but i don't think that counts for the consecutive games played record that Lehigh and Lafayette had previously held uh, that'll be broken this Saturday. Uh, But that means we get to play golf this weekend. You mentioned it. Great weather. Uh, You know, Thanksgiving. It's going to be a little different. All this good stuff. We're going to figure out just a quick show note uh, when we do this. Maybe try to do it Wednesday night or maybe even Tuesday. Who knows? Matt and I will figure that out. Make announcements. All that good stuff. Did forget to do uh, questions again this week. So, Matt, we don't have any fan questions, but that's okay. We do have... Some football to talk about, because you mentioned it. We did a lot on the Masters. The Masters was awesome. Dustin Johnson, huge win. But we do have some football to talk about. College football last week. And interesting week, man. Is that the, the best way to put it? Not eventful, but interesting nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, I mean, pretty non-eventful in the college fair. We had talked about it. Um, it's just they didn't have the same slate due to some of the can- – especially some of the cancellations, right, in, uh, yeah. in the in – the, uh, um, SEC, 
and the SEC. Correct. Sorry, got stuck on a word there for no reason. Um, it's an acronym. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, um, I, I had some hope that maybe there would be an upset uh, with our Wolverines, but they continue to show that they are just not that good at football this year. Um, so kind of a shame, you know. I know it's supposed to be a rebuilding year, but it looks like it's not on the way to costing our ball's job. So. Um, yeah, I mean, that's my sorrow takeaway. Look, me and the teams that I root for right now in football, we're not having a good go of it. So, what do you mean? The Eagles uh, The Eagles didn't play last week. The East. A, a Pop Warner team made the trip up to MetLife Stadium. The Eagles wanted to stay home because of COVID. I mean, there you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Another shocker to out of the Big Ten is Penn State. Haven't won a game yet this year. They lose to Nebraska 30-23. to um, So is Nebraska and- back? That's what everybody wants please, to know. They finally please, want a game. Please, please, please. Here's what I will tell you, though. And there's obviously an opportunity that that first game of the year, Indiana, it was such a close call to say that they won that game, right? But they're up to ninth in the nation. They they, they shut out Michigan State 24 to nothing. And all of a sudden, Indiana is looking strong. I don't know if they're that good, but we'll see. It's impressive to see them all the way up at nine. Got to tell you. Yeah, I mean – Michigan State, aside from when they played Michigan, has looked completely abysmal. So I, I think, for one, it's a testament to what this team has done and what they've built over the last couple of years. Because that was a heavy focus on college game day and really throughout the Saturday slate of Indiana wants to prove that they're here for real. Um, and, yeah, I mean, they're still there. They're, they're still number nine. They're still hanging in there with the top 25. And you got to be excited what they're doing. I mean, we we got to see some – Solid action, I'll put it that way, out of the the Pac-12. We got USC mm-hmm. barely getting by Arizona, similar to a Miami team who barely got by Virginia Tech. Um, and what Vegas ended up being completely right, having Miami as an underdog in that game because it took them almost the entire game to figure their shit out. But staying on the Pac-12, USC looked okay against, against Arizona. Oregon is looking more and more solid, beating up on Washington State. Um, I'd like to see how that continues to go. I know there's a lot of undefeated teams ahead of them, especially you mentioned it, Wisconsin, who I think a lot of that is about how poorly prepared Michigan was this year. But we have to give Wisconsin a lot of credit. Graham Mertz looks awesome. We weren't sure what we were going to see after they had a couple weeks off. So you got to give them a ton of credit. And, yeah, I mean, and then there's this roadblock of non-Power 5 teams right in front of uh, Indiana and Wisconsin and as well as Oregon. That kind of we have to see what they end up doing. Cincinnati still looks unstoppable. BYU, I mean, they they look great, and I think you know you have SEC teams, and then the four best teams in the country, which I feel like is still almost undisputed. But you, know, you have the you have these solid teams ahead of them, so I feel like there's no shocker in the rankings. Previously, before the Big Ten started and before the Pac-12 started, you might have some question marks, but I feel like we're starting to get a more fair shake at things, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I do. I do definitely think you're starting to see some good, uh, some good trickle down effect. Um, things are starting to kind of come into focus a little bit. I, I certainly would agree with that. There, um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I would completely agree with that kind of thinking. Um, and you know, we're going to learn this week. We're going to get some big games. Hopefully, if everything holds strong, one in particular about a team that we just spoke about, um, but. Um, definitely an opportunity i think as teams start to come in like i said coming like you said come into focus without a doubt yeah it's definitely um definitely gonna be a good week and we've finally got the the midweek matching in there so we've gotten a ton of great games a lot of scoring got great scoring last week 
And then this week we got some unreal games. We had Tuesday night action, which has been just incredible. I ended up watching a good amount of the Battle for the Wagon Wheel, which I would have never associated with two schools from Akron, Ohio, but Akron at Kent State. And Kent State, Matt, I just got to say, I know we uh, don't talk about the Mac a ton, but this is a team who they kick, they inadvertently kicked an onside kick with two minutes left, and they were up a billion points. And it's just awesome to see. I wish that I like thought about betting it. It's just a Tuesday night, and I'm not ready to pull the trigger on that sort of stuff. But the one we do want to talk about, and I want to get a little Matty D's prospect corner on here, Buffalo over at Bowling Green, their running back, not their corner, who's also a J.A. Patterson, Jarrett Patterson, brother's name's James, twin brothers, rushed for over 300 yards on Tuesday night. And this guy, you probably saw the highlights because it was all over Sports Center and all this good stuff, but just looks incredible. He's 5'11", almost looks like a Darren Sproles type. And Matt, you do you know a ton about this guy? Do you want to break him down? Am I right in saying Darren Sproles type, or what? What do you got for it for me? Well, it's, it's hard to say that anybody would be a Darren Sproles type. It's the first thing I want to say, okay? Because Darren Sproles, he was he was wow. I mean, I just remember him getting a ball, and every time it was it was it was ten yards, right? Yeah. Um, I seemingly this by Tuesday. One though. of the big, yeah. Well, that's right. I know. Yeah, so one of the, but one of the things I think is really important when you look at running backs is. Their ability to create more yards than a play is designed for is, is one of the things I think about. So obviously you have to have great vision you have to understand where you're supposed to go, but that, that means sometimes it, you, know, you have to be able to, to dance. So there's some, you got a Derrick Henry who goes through people and pushes the pile. Um, you've got kind of home run hitters. Think of like a Miles Sanders who can take the ball and go 80 yards at any touch. Then there's this idea of being like slippery. Um, and that's where I think Jared kind of Patterson, excuse me, kind of falls into um, he's not going to be the fastest, not going to be the most explosive. So he may not show well at a combine, maybe a good three cone drill, but he just makes tackle. He just makes tacklers miss. He makes them fall off of them. Um, you know, he had 1800 yards last year at Buffalo. Wasn't highly recruited. Um, That's what I've heard. And over, yeah, and by the way, half of those 1800 yards came after contact, which means, which means oh like a defender had God. made contact. That's pretty incredible. when you yeah. think about that. So now a couple things. That's he was a freshman. So the one of the things that concerns you is how does that translate to true NFL tacklers? He is playing at Buffalo. That's something that that you have to watch film for and see those few games where he does well. You know, in in Khalil Mack against really good talent. <laughs> well, I was going to say, but Khalil Mack showed up. Buffalo, I think they played Ohio State that year, and he had like two or three sacks. People were like, all right, he's for real, right? Um, he's also catching balls though, so he started to up himself, up his up his. Um, up his stock, by the way. So now you're more versatile. Um, the hardest thing for him, if he decides to come out this year, though, in 2021, is this draft class is just loaded. You got Travis Etienne, Chubba Hubbard, Hill, Najee Harris. There's a guy out of Memphis, Gainwell, um, Josh Johnson, Poco Williams. There's a ton of talent at the running back position, which means that he might be pushed down because he's not playing in a big conference. He doesn't have as much press, even though he obviously just had an incredible game. He might be pushed out a few rounds. He could be a late round pick that really shines, though. Which, by the way, if you're an NFL team, you're circling him and saying, "I want Darren Sproles. Can I get him in the fifth or sixth round?" But, but we'll see what happens as the season moves of... on, and we'll see how we. Yeah, good. Well, I was going to say, there's a number of fantasy darlings who've been sixth, seventh, undrafted mm-hmm. free agents. You know, so it's mm-hmm. definitely somebody uh, 
keep an eye out on if he declares pro. If you're uh, absolutely a fantasy owner, or a football fan, you see him come up there. Somebody like I thought Wendell Smallwood <laughs> was going to be like that for the Eagles, and he did okay. Right, but think about it. I don't think I don't think this guy's the same exactly the same. It's Boston Scotty, right? Boston Scotty yeah, had sure. success in the NFL, and he's got a place. You know, that's I think what's really important, right? So would he fit that kind of a role for an NFL team? That like I, I think to start here's the thing. Here's not the thing. a three you down have, back, but sh- a kind of backup come out of the back. You know, go out and go out to the flat. That type of that type of deal. Yeah, I, I think I think he's got to show he can continue to catch the football at this level because it's not something that he did a lot last year. So if he continues to progress with catching the football, then yes, I absolutely think he's got a, an opportunity. You know, to to kind of fill that change of pace role. Um, I don't know if he's a pure starter, but you never know. I mean, Boston Scott started for the Eagles a few games and had some success. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I, I do think that's kind of where you're going to slot him in as a change Sweet. of pace kind of back. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, but we'll see. Got a lot, lot long way to go, but, you know, this is what this is what coaching's for, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, that's a good way to kick off this week in football. You mentioned some big games, but there are some canceled ones. Number five, Texas A&M. Amongst the ranked teams that are canceled, Marshall, Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns, um, you know, a bunch of games in the SC, or in the uh, ACC that are canceled too, which is kind of a bummer. But there are some big games there. One of your favorite rivalries, Matt Bedlam. I don't know if you've seen a commercial for it. Uh, I don't know if I've actually seen any of the uh, TV commercials yet for it. Just haven't been watching a ton early this week. I was week, about to say, but... if you've been watching like Monday Night Football or anything, it was like every commercial it's break. It was this commercial with I don't know what song that is the uh it's that it's for that game for indiana ohio state which is on fox um and for what's the and uh northwestern wisconsin it's or it's northwestern wisconsin followed by bedlam it's that fucking oh and it's just we got a we got a barn burner you know like those fucking classic imagine dragons type of commercials and i don't know who this rapper is if anybody knows what song that is it sounds like a rapper but it could be a singer whatever uh, just the way he goes, ah, oh, no, blah, blah, blah. It's just a thousand commercials. That was the joke. So, thank God this isn't a musical podcast. So. Hey, we can call my sister. She can, uh, yeah, she can get it going. Give me your heart. <laughs> but so we have uh, two it's a, huge it's a really, great it's games. An, I mean, the Bedlam's, yeah, that was, it's an important game. I mean, if the Big 12 wants any opportunity, they want Oklahoma State to win this, just if they're being selfish. Um it's a huge game, though. Uh, Oklahoma State. I say Oklahoma State. Let me be clear here. Oklahoma State needs to win yes. this to keep to keep any opportunity for a Big Twelve team to make the playoff. In my opinion, I think that's kind of where we're at with it. Yeah. So to to give everybody an idea that don't know, Oklahoma State and Iowa State currently have one loss in conference. Iowa State has two losses on the season. Oklahoma is five and one, and we've seen a lot that two loss teams. The committee doesn't like it. I don't think that's changing this year unless we see Alabama lose a game or Georgia somehow figures their shit out and ends up beating Alabama. Maybe Florida, if Florida loses a game and then wins the SEC championship, I don't know. Um, But yeah, we, you know, you're right that the Big 12, it already doesn't have the best reputation. And if Oklahoma State were to lose, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they would lose the tiebreaker with Texas, correct? If assuming Texas uh, would would tie, if Texas and them are tied at the end of the season, because they lost to Texas. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so yep. you know Iowa State is in the driver's seat for the conference title, which 
Good for them. Good for them on having a good year. But Oklahoma State is their last hope, which I feel like is already pretty slim, given that I think a lot of people, you know, if it was the, you know, if it was the AP or the BCS or whatever determines it, I, I feel like they're already a one-loss team sitting at 14th, which means that they're starting to get an idea of what they want. And I feel like I think the first college poll comes out this upcoming week. Um, also, correct me if I'm wrong there, but. Indiana undefeated at number nine, Wisconsin undefeated at number 10, all of those non-Power 5 teams that I mentioned, Oregon's up there. So there's a lot of there's a lot of premium built into being an undefeated team and a lot lost with a loss. So I don't know. I think you're absolutely nail on the head there. But at the same time, Oklahoma State or Oklahoma, excuse me, being 18th at four and two. You know, that moves them to four and three. If they lose to Oklahoma State, moves them to five and three overall. It's just kind of a, it's a weird loss, and it kind of it knocks down this blue chip team that normally carries the Big 12. So I feel like either way, this is kind of a lose-lose scenario for the Big 12. I hate to say it. It is. I mean, the lose-lose scenario is, you know, Oklahoma State come up so short against Texas, but they're already kind of stuck in it anyway because when you look at the top, I mean, where's Oklahoma State going to get in? Exactly. There's just so many teams that are, aren't going to lose. And, you know, you look around and you're like, wow, there's really not a lot, a lot of movement for them to go. I mean, a top 10 finish maybe, but you could theoretically have Alabama, you know, Ohio State, Clemson, you know, one of those, one of those big uh, SEC schools can stay. Cincinnati, BYU, Oregon, Miami, they might not lose again. So there's just no avenue up for them, um, with, especially without a win here. So if let's just throw the tinfoil hats on for a minute. You know how I love to do that. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame, Clemson may or may not face each other again in the, the ACC championship game. We'd assume they do. Clemson beats Notre Dame. Classic. You know, you beat you beat every team on your schedule. You beat, you know, you had the you beat them the second time. You you overcame a loss. Say since he goes undefeated, BYU goes undefeated. Because presumably, A&M, Florida, they're not going to win the SEC if Alabama wins. Because, you know, one team can only win. Who ends up getting that fourth spot? This would be a fun debate because we don't get a lot of that non-conference play that we always think is never really that important. Or last year it ended up being Texas Tech, or no, it was Texas A&M. That ended up being the weird connection between Clemson, Georgia, and a bunch of different teams. Like We don't get that this year because we didn't really get a lot of non-conference play. What do you think happens in that kind of a scenario? Because on paper, we think Clemson's yeah. the better team, and they just went to Notre Dame and lost. So what do you think happens? I mean, well, I think if I, well, look, if I'm putting the tinfoil hat on, first of all, I think Clemson beats Notre Dame. I think it knocks Notre Dame out of the playoff. That's what I think, um, yes. And I think I think it's Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State as your top three. Mm-hmm. And then and then to me, here's what I struggle with. Cincinnati is – to me, Cincinnati should be – if they go undefeated, they should be the fourth team in. I love that. They, they've played a good schedule. They're a good team. They've earned this opportunity. Um, it's also the perfect year if you're, if look, quietly, like kind of backdoorish, right? It's better if you're the, if you're the, you know, the, the, the committee to, to choose somebody like Cincinnati this year in a weird year. Cause, and then you can say forever, oh, we, you know, we do like the mid majors. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, man. So, we talked about these two big games. We obviously have a ton else, a much more packed schedule. You know, inadvertently last week, I feel like, 
it was that was the week to have all the games canceled because of the Masters. Obviously, game day ended up being there. I don't know how much of you how much of it you ended up watching, but I watched most of it and I thought it was pretty awesome. I did did flip back over to CBS once that coverage came on, but I thought the college game day at the Masters was a rousing success. Oh, it was amazing. It was really cool to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And Jack um, doing the picks the, was oh, awesome. Oh yeah. By the way, I want to be clear on something here. Um I do think Cincinnati should get in over BYU if they both go undefeated. Do you want to explain uh, uh, expand uh, on that? I, yeah, I think it's more depth of schedule okay. for me. Um, and I, just kind of the way that I've I've looked at it. Um, if that makes sense, I think it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, it's also it's it's this is the worst year you mentioned being a weird year of saying they're in a conference they get one extra attempt to impress the committee, but they do they get a championship right. Game. Well, here's the problem, right? So BYU, they, they sadly lose their game against Utah, which would have been an important win for them. Navy and Army, Army got canceled. Navy is good, but you know Troy, Louisiana Tech, UTSA, Texas State, Western Kentucky, Northern Alabama, San Diego State. So they got a great win against Boise State. I'll give them that. And, and they, they have a win against Houston. The two remaining games are North Alabama and San Diego State. So where are they going to make – to me, where are they going to make an impression on the committee there? Like they're just not going to be able to with that kind of a schedule. Yeah, exactly. There's no, and, and, and in the meantime, you've got Cincinnati playing all types of really, you know, like, like good teams and, and some great teams, great teams that though they, they, they've been able to play too. So, you know, you think about SMU who's been ranked throughout the year, Memphis, who's consistently ranked Houston, um, they get a shot at UCF, and they've got a number twenty-five Tulsa as well as Temple on the schedule say. left. So they they have a great schedule. They in terms of who they played. Again, I understand they're not playing the super big dogs, yep. but they're beating a, a teams a lot of teams that were wrecked. So it's cool too, at least on Yahoo, and I, I feel like the the AP poll actually does this anyway. Of when it releases the other teams getting votes, that if you look, like if you go on Yahoo's college football rankings. It shows Cincinnati's playing UCF this weekend, right? And it shows UCF as number 36 because that's how they ranked in the the points in terms of all the different votes. So you actually kind of get to see that if you're following it granularly week by week. And it's, it's kind of cool that like Coastal Carolina inadvertently gets one this week playing Appalachian State. And I'm not saying Coastal Carolina is going to jump skip over Marshall and BYU and all this different stuff. But it is cool to see of like seeing these different records and as we're trying to figure out the the shake of it all of what ends up happening. Yeah. And that's why it's, we're still in that fun zone. Right. Um, I, but I guess the other hard part would be is, you know, I say all this and what if Oregon is undefeated? Yeah. That's just a you tough know? one. I mean, Cause I don't know. Like, so last week, that's a really good question though. Cause like the way that COVID's struck this season, the big 10 has just canceled games. Other conferences, including last week have just postponed games the Pac-12 teams have figured out ways to go play other games. Like Cal and US, not USC, UCLA played on Sunday. And like maybe they have to figure something like that out of almost manufacturing extra games and extra opportunities to impress the committee. I don't know. Um, that's real tinfoil hat stuff there because uh, you know we're going to get into deep December, which we did get an announcement about the Heisman and all that stuff, that everything is delayed. Heisman's going to be presented on January 5th, which I think is really cool. Well, it's always, I mean, look, this is a great time to change things up. So, yeah, um, 
I, why not? I'm glad they're still doing it. I think mm -hmm. it's important. I do want to make sure we do touch on the, the two Titanic matchups in the yeah. Big Ten this weekend. We'll go with the first one is Wisconsin Northwestern. Northwestern sneaking in at 19. Um, I guess a number 10 Wisconsin. Wisconsin probably the best shot to take that Ohio State if anybody's going to do it in terms of their talent level. It's a seven-point line for Wisconsin. Uh, I probably like Wisconsin here. I know Northwestern's really well coached, but um, not sure they have the horses if Wisconsin plays up to their level. Yeah, I mentioned it last week. Me I, I do. I, I mentioned it last week with Northwestern that I just don't totally trust their offense. I know they, they beat up on Purdue. They end up getting that, that win there, and, and they can really huck the ball, but they don't hold on to the ball very well, which I think is something to, to really note. And, you know, offensively, yeah, they can, they've put up at least three touchdowns a game and all this different stuff, but I don't know. I feel like the way that Wisconsin's played their two games, their defense has been stellar, which I think bodes very poorly for Northwestern and their struggles to hold on to the ball. And Wisconsin's offense has looked really good. And granted, we can say what we want about Michigan we can say what we want about Illinois, but Graham Mertz looks like he's for real. Nakia Watson, I almost said Washington. Nakia Watson, he looks like a solid running back, and I'm sure you can expand more. And then the receivers are actually kind of decent. So, like, this is a Wisconsin team that we normally think of these Melvin Gordons, these Jonathan Balls, these Jonathan Taylors, all these these running backs, or Monte Ball, not Jonathan Ball, Monte Ball, you know, all these different running backs yeah. we've heard forever, Melvin Gordon. And we have I, that. It looks like Watson's kind of like that, but Mertz is such a good quarterback, unlike an Alex Hornibrook or whatever, and their defense is right. really solid. Look, I think that's been what that's been the big thing holding Wisconsin back, right? It is is at the end of the day in college football, it's very rare. And you saw what Nick Saban did with Alabama, right? He converted them from this power running defense only team. LSU changed from a power running defense only team to a spread offense at, at times. You know, we're gonna. It's just the way of it, it that it is. You're not gonna nest. You're gonna struggle to win your conference, let alone win a national championship. If you don't have a quarterback that can step back there and make all the throws, correct? Like all, like, tr like Trevor Lawrence and and, and Jalen Hurts and and Tua and. and to know, your point, we saw it come head to head guys, so. right when it started to change. When Leonard Fournette was the big prospect for two years in, at LSU, and both years right. they ran into Alabama and had no answer for what they were throwing at them, literally throwing at them. Uh, and and and. I mean, and you see what Leonard Fournette's not doing in the pros, but you don't. Good you, point you, as you well. Point, you don't even. But this is, this is the same conversation we have about the NFL. You just don't need. It's great to have one. You don't need a superstar running back. Correct. Travis Etienne played against Notre Dame. They still lost. You know, like you know what I mean. I'm, I'm, that's not a shot at Etienne. He's an incredible talent. He's your you boy. Definitely, you want good running backs. I'm not saying you want bad ones, but you need the quarterback, right? I mean, it's just it's not going to happen anymore. So without without some strong quarterback play, um, and, and Wisconsin has it, and so does Ohio State, and they got Indiana. Does Indiana have a shot here? I don't think they do. To be honest with you, I hate to say it. No, God, no. I, I really don't think smoked. so. I mean, he has like, as many. It's, it's touchdowns been a fun story. As Fields has as many touchdowns as he has in completions. Eleven and eleven. Correct. It's like it's fun to see Indiana, and it's been a cool story and everything. But like, this isn't going to fucking happen. Like, there's no line on a sports book on Yahoo. I'm not on ESPN, but I'm sure I could look it up and there wouldn't be one there. Like, there's a reason for that. And A, there's, it, I'm 
really editorializing here, but there's probably a hundred times the Ohio State fan base in terms of the money behind the football team. And that's mainly I'm saying that because Indiana's basketball booster ship is probably just so high where all the Ohio State money is. So all not, that money not that it's helped them, by the way. But. Yeah, that's a good point. But throwing you know, all this different money that probably moved the line to be pulled off the board. But I don't know. It's just what what are you gonna tell me that they've done, Indiana, that's gonna really make me think that they're gonna stick up against Ohio State? Whether they had they rallied back against a Penn State team that's looked completely helpless, that they beat a Michigan team that's looked that looked completely helpless last week. You know, there's nothing really that you can tell me about this. Right. So, I don't know. I, I This is just like a, it's at noon. It's getting buried on Fox. There's plenty of other games that you can go out and find that are, you know, they're going to be, that are going to be more fun to watch. I mean, like, I feel like Florida State Clemson might be more fun to tune into. And that's a 35 point line. Yeah, I, I, it's, I, this is what's such a shame. And, and this kind of happens. I mean, it, maybe it happens a little bit less in the SEC, but I got to tell you, I mean, if you look, if you think about like the powerhouses of the Big Ten in Ohio State, you think of um, you think of Oklahoma, you think of I mean, it's kind of moved around a little bit in the Pac-12, so I won't go there. But like in the ACC, right? Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. Oklahoma not so much this year, but normally those three teams blow out all the ranked opponents that they play that in their conference. Um, and and I think it. It's, it's just a shame that there's such a level of a different level of like talent. And, and I don't know if it's talent. I don't know if it's coaching. Um, think it's, honestly, the last time like Ohio state gets, they, they tend to lose to a crappy team that you don't expect like in Indiana or in Iowa. Now, I guess we have seen them. I, Penn state's put up a fight recently. Um, but, but honestly, it's been, it's been very one-sided in all those conferences. Um, and I think that's a shame. I think it's not as much fun to look at, look at it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So to close out the week, any final thoughts, any other games you're, you're kind of circling to keep an eye out on? Um, no, I mean, I think, I, I think we kind of touched on to me. Those are some of the big ones. Um, yeah. you know, it's, it's, yeah, number seven, Cincinnati against UCF five and two UCF's a really talented team. Um, it's an important game for them there. Uh, and also USC plays Utah. Utah has no games on the schedule. I was about to say, this feels um, like a game that, if you want to bet it, just like bet the over. Do not look at that line. That seems right. like a fucking sucker bet. Uh, yeah, but no, I mean honestly, it's it's it's, it's a decent week like Bedlam, and there, I think there's some other good games. But the SEC is usually the power that drives, and it just doesn't have the same umph this week. No, um, you know, as you would normally see. No, so, and it, yeah. yeah, and it's a bummer. And normally though, we're getting we're getting at least in conference games. This week is normally the uh, the Alabama versus Holy Child of. West Lake State, you know. Uh, so there's at least something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so let's move over to picks. We do not have a guest picker this week uh, between the busy weeks that we've both had and a, how ice cold I am. I did not want to uh, curse anybody else except for Matty D on this. And, Matt, I'm going to lead off because okay. I have a feeling you could just pick against me and you'd win. So I don't know if you want to do that. I'm going to give you the opportunity uh. to – Okay, what are you, I'm gonna where are we going? Off. I'm going to start off. I'm nervous. I'm not going there. I think you're afraid mm-hmm. that I'm going to go somewhere. No, no. There's a game that's really intriguing to me that I stayed away from these players in fantasy football, and I'm going to go right at them. I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins 
visiting the Denver Broncos. This is a game that's very intriguing because the Broncos have looked helpless the last couple weeks. I keep you, That's the word of the week, helpless. The Dolphins have looked good. Tua has looked okay. You know, at times he's looked really good. Their defense has looked awesome. I feel like their defense, if you're streaming defenses, fantasy football, a little fantasy advice for me, might be worth picking up because Drew Locke has struggled. But I'm going with the Dolphins here. I feel like their run game is poised for a big week. And I like the Dolphins minus three at mile high. This may be a low-scoring game. It may not with how, again, word of the week, helpless the Denver defense has looked. But this is going to be a really intriguing game to keep an eye out on. But I feel confident the Dolphins are going to win this by at least a field goal, which is the line. So Dolphins minus three. Okay. I I honestly, I mean, they're, look, the Dolphins have looked better than even I expected. So I, I get it. Uh, I, I want to go to tonight because – the time of this podcast for a little bit before Thursday night kickoff. It's yep. a huge game, by the way. Humongous game. Huge monk. Yeah. With with Cardinals visiting the Seahawks. Now, a couple of things. One, it's not going to be the same oomph, you know, with the twelfth man. Um, but I, I the Seahawks are a two and a half point favorite, which pretty much to me speaks kind of a pick'em to me. Two and a half means it's a field goal. I know there are games that end with one point victories, but uh, I'm gonna tell you I'm a huge fan of the Cardinals. Um fantasy football wise they're incredible kyler murray has been a rock star for me and seattle stinks on defense they don't Seattle doesn't do anything well other than they have russell wilson right they, they, they chris carson's out um they, they don't have a particularly great defense on any facet of the game um jamal adams and bobby wagner cannot cover for the the lack of a pass rush um, and some 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 underachieving and, and just less talented players on that field. Um, their offensive line isn't isn't amazing, better than it's been. They don't really have a running game even with Chris Carson. And I, I will give it to Metcalf and Lockett. They are very good wide receivers. Um, all that being said, I I actually like Seattle. I think you've disrespected Russell Wilson enough. He has been the best. He's been an MVP candidate. Although he's kind of falling off the wagon. I think Arizona is really high after this victory. Um, I think it's super high scoring, but I do think Seattle takes this game at home, even without the 12th man in full force. But I do think they take this game. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. And I love the the call of it being a high scoring game. That's a uh, That reminds me that I need to get a bet in for the over. If this is a low scoring game, we're going to look like complete idiots. Or at least I am. <laughs> but yeah, I like that pick a lot. Now, we're going to go back to the, the alternating picks, correct? That's what we did two weeks ago? Yeah, well, yeah we'll go back and forth. Yeah, I think okay. that's probably the best here. Um, all right, so I love this, By the way, love this, love this game tonight for fantasy reasons as we're talking about. Huge I mean, fantasy go. implications. Tyler Lockett playing, do we know at this point? Yes, he is in. He's Fuck in. It. Carson out, he's in. All right. All right, so back to me. I'm going to stay away from the Washington football team because they, uh, they've, they've let me down the last couple weeks. New Orleans, Atlanta seems like a sucker line, so let's save that for later on. Oh, boy. Um, All right, Chargers versus the New York Jets. We're going to go to this game. Okay. Call me crazy. This may not be the game they win, but the Chargers, we've talked about it, love being in one-score games. The Jets stink, but there's a lot of question marks around the Chargers and what's going on with them. I know they have some solid running backs. Justin Herbert's looked really good. But call me crazy, but I think this is going to be a close game. I think that the line for the over-under being 46.5 sounds right. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. 
And unless the Jets get shut out, which they have gotten shut out before, this is going to be a very close game. So I'm going to take the Jets plus oh. eight and a half against a Chargers team that, you know, we keep thinking they're going to have a blowout. And knowing me, that's what's going to happen. But I, you know, something's, something's sticking out that it's, whether it's a big running back renaissance, it's not going to be for the quarterback, I'll tell you that, but or some sort of a defensive front. I mean, the Chargers defense is the play in fantasy football or streaming on a on a daily fantasy site. But I don't know. I feel like this is going to be a really low-scoring game, and that bodes well for a more than a touchdown line. So Jets plus eight and a yeah. half. Can you imagine a two and seven team being this favored? Like in that wild to you, exactly. eight and a half points in their two and seven team. Um, yeah. All right. Hey, it's a challenging pick to your point. I mean, the Chargers to me, they, they seem so talented, but it just seems like games. it's it's begging for you to take the Chargers right. because the Jets are so bad. So I'm gonna go the mm-hmm. opposite of that. Okay. All right. Um yeah. I, to your point, some of the teams that we've already talked about, you're like, whoa, really? Really? Yeah. Um <sighs> I think one of the weirdest lines that I've seen this week is the six point favorite Ravens over the Titans. This is what I was looking at. What do you think? I'm not. I'm not there. I, I'm a little concerned. I'm taking the Titans to at least cover. I'm not going to okay. take all straight up pick them, but I, I, I've not been impressed with Baltimore. They they seem to have some some issues. Um, they're just a little, a little bit of a low. These are two six and three teams. I want to be clear here. Um, and I think, I think that the Titans have enough defensive prowess. I've seen some really good play. Jeffrey Simmons, their young defensive lineman, second year in the league, looks awesome. If they can get anything out of Jadavian Clowney, who, who? You don't even know who that is anymore, right? <laughs> you, you don't even know who plays Titans. This, this would be such a good defense. Um, I, I think they do a good job here. I like them. I, I, I think they cover at least. I think that you know, Lamar Jackson still has some things he's got to work out. Uh, they have not been particularly good with Mark Ingram or J.K. Dobbins or Gus Edwards carrying the ball, and he hasn't been able to figure out how to use all of his weapons that they, they've seemingly surrounded him with. By the way, I don't want to just blame him now. You know, I, I think, you know, Hollywood Brown has not stepped up to the plate. I was about to say, he's um, uh, he's been a big letdown this year. Yeah. Mark and, Andrews, and too. I don't, yeah, I, I just think that there's some issues offensively. I think this is a, potentially a low-scoring struggle, and Derrick Henry is going to help keep this close. Look, this is, the, this is a revenge game for the Ravens, but I'm not sure they're in the position to get that revenge. And I think sure. I think Derrick Henry – I think Tannehill's in for a game where he throws a little bit to A.J. Brown um, – so I'm, I'm taking them to be this much closer than six. This is a field goal game or less for me. I don't hate the pick, but I may also return to pick against you later. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that's sticking out to me, though, that I need to grab before you do is the Packers and the Colts, two of your favorites, Matt. So I don't know where oh, you would yeah. end up picking this, but I feel like I know. The Packers are somehow the dog here. I think it's because they're going on the road. I know they didn't mm-hmm. blow out the Jaguars, and they their defense showed some some signs of weakness. Colts really solid win last week on Thursday night football. So you got to give them a lot of props there, but I still like this Packers team a lot. I think they're trying to figure out what's going on with their running game, despite injuries, despite inconsistencies. And you know, Aaron Rodgers always figures out how to get it done. I think they win this outright. So I'm going green Bay plus two. Okay. I think it's one of the hardest games to call, by the way, it might be to me. I think it's up there for game of the week. Um, Tonight's a pretty good one. Another game on the slate that I'll get to maybe at some point, but I, I think this is a really interesting game. Yeah, this is deserving um, of the Joe Buck game. Yeah, I'm not going to – Actually, I know the Cowboys this. also play at 425, so maybe not. 
Oh, jeez, here we go. <laughs> um, the, both these teams have been really good. Aaron Rodgers, to me, has to be considered at the top of the MVP list. He's up has to be at the top because he's doing it with less. Um, you know, and they're just playing really strong football. Um, Devontae Adams is staking his claim as the best receiver in football with his numbers and what he's been able to do. You know who I think the so, biggest X factor um, in this is, though? I think it's Jonathan Taylor. Because the Green Bay defense cannot stop a cold. Uh, well, I mean, but I got to tell you something, man. He has he been, hasn't been that good. That's why me. I think he's the X factor. Uh, Hines is to me the better guy. I yeah, he's been solid more, too. I, he's been more the pass catching guy, but yeah, no, I. Uh, but right up the middle, I, just hand Jonathan I Taylor the ball. They haven't been able to stop shit. Yeah, well, that's Blake. Look, Blake Martinez moved on. You know, it was like he's a leading tackle in the NFL for the Giants. So, um, I. I would probably lean towards the Colts. I really like where they are, but I'm not taking this game because I think it's that close. So, but I think it's, a, I think I understand your logic behind it. And I just think, because Aaron Rodgers has been like, everyone said he was on his, on his way down. So <laughs> um, I want to jump over. I want to jump over to a game that I think we're going to see to me, the best team in football step up to the plate here and get a little bit revenge on their only loss of the year. And that is the Kansas City Chiefs visiting the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders are six and three. They've had a really great year, um, exceeding expectations, even with some some injuries and, and some some issues. But I, I think Kansas City is the best team in football. And I'm, it's no disrespect to the Steelers. Um, you know, there's a not a lot of other really you know, Green Bay, um, New Orleans. There's a lot of good football teams out there. I don't I don't think it's I think this team is just scratching the surface with a deep running back core, super explosive wide receivers, the best to me, still the best quarterback in football without a doubt. And a really sneaky, good defense. I know it's a huge eight point line. I know it's a divisional game. I'm going to go against everything I've said, and I'm taking Kansas city to come out and win by at least two touchdowns against the Raiders. I don't hate that pick. I'm glad you took it. Cause if I had to be stuck with having to pick that game, I would, <laughs> my mind would be a pretzel. Um, although I had picked the Jets earlier, so it already is. Moving over to some interesting games out here. You mentioned the New Orleans Saints, and we don't know what exactly they have going on with Drew Brees, all hurt. They haven't said who's going to start, whether it be Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill. They have some injuries. They have some other stuff going on. That being said, the Atlanta Falcons... I don't know what to think about that team either because they three and six hanging in there. They figured it out after letting, uh, letting Dan Quinn go. But that being said, their defense is horrible. Like you could start a quarterback, Matt, and they'd be fine. (laughs) Like he could throw to whomever. I know they have injuries all over the place at, at wide receiver, but I feel like they could figure out anything. So, I, after, even though, uh, not Arizona, Atlanta's coming off a bye, I'm going to go with New Orleans to cover the four-point spread. This is a weird, I probably should have saved this for later pick, but I don't know, they figured it out, and their defense has had some questions around it. They've been in low-scoring games. That's why this is a four-point spread. They've won each of their last three games by three points exactly. So this is like begging for you to take it. But Atlanta... I don't know, man. The only good game they had was against the Minnesota Vikings, who are absolute trash. They're so bad. 
even though they're playing the the Dallas Cowboys this week. So go Vikings. <laughs> but they're so but they're so bad. They're so fucking bad. The, the Falcons. Yeah. I'm taking uh, a Saints. Look, I, I get it. I mean, I, 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 everyone's like, "Well, Drew Brees is injured. Jameis Winston." And I, come on, he looked good last week. He's not a bad. He has ability. So the question is with Sean Payton. With a better and with knowing that he's not the starter, this is an opportunity for him. So as long as he doesn't turn the ball over, he's not a bad. He's a great backup quarterback. So I'm with you there. Who's taking the ball away? That's my question. Right. They're just to your point. They're just horrible. Like the the Jameis Winston (laughs) turnover turnover call, or if you really want to give the keys to the Ferrari, Ferrari, you know, Ferrari to 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 Taysom Hill. Well, Michael Thomas is still hurt, so we don't know what the fuck's going on with them. Um, Emmanuel Sanders yeah. is still out, right? Yeah, there, there's there's a lot He's of question marks. But, they, but the... they've been winning without him. They've been winning without exactly. him. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, it, right. I mean, but there's I'm still a lot worried. of question marks. You know, Jared yeah. Cook is he going to be the By difference the way, maker? Hang on. Also, a pretty good defense. Yes, Orleans. that's that's probably the biggest point. I know, like they let up 23 points to the Bears, whose offense is god awful. But still, I think this is a like this is a they're begging you to think like, oh, New Orleans, they've only won close games. But it's Atlanta. Atlanta's defense isn't stopping shit. Go New Orleans. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I think for my next one here, um, I'm going. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go right to him. I'm gonna go Minnesota taking Dallas out. Um, Dallas. I mean, uh, Dallas has got nothing. I don't. I don't. They got no quarterback. Minnesota is playing such good football right now. You gotta love Dalvin Cook. So I'm all in. On Minnesota. Um, yeah, and it's only seven-point spread. And, and, yeah. This is like a, okay, Texas, like, come bet on your team. You know, it's not that much. I mean, I feel like if it was eight, like, it'd be unfair for it to be eight points because so much money would would fall in. But this is like, this should be a, a Jets-Chargers type of line. Fr- frankly, actually, I'm surprised that not enough New Yorkers are betting on the Jets to lower their line, but maybe that means it should have been a lot higher. Um... <laughs> But yeah, I I agree with you. Dalvin Cook single handedly he could have a robot hand him the ball, despite Kirk Cousins and his nonsense that's going on, and they'd still win by a by a mile. So I like that pick a lot, even though I hate the Vikings, but they're playing the Cowboys, so go Vikings. <laughs> anyway, I was about to make a comment on my fantasy team, but we don't need to because my fantasy team uh, my fantasy team is imploding. But anyway, I'm gonna go to Monday Night Football, the Rams versus the Bucks. Bucks are four-point favorites. The Rams, a very solid win last week. The Bucks, a very good win last week. It seems like Tom Brady's figuring it out. Now having Antonio Brown mixed into his offense, I think that he's spreading it out very well. Gronk seems to be refining his form. Um, I know we've been very high on the on the Rams and their defense. I have some questions about their offense that make me wonder what's going to happen. So I am going to take the Bucks here. Um, yeah, I, the running game with LA is what's really making me question this. With how good Tampa Bay's defense has played, they've held some solid running backs. And I know Mike Davis is not Christian McCaffrey, and we can say a lot of different things about about that game last week. But I think they showed a lot because Mike Davis had had his moments, and other running backs have ha- have tried to have their moments against the Buccaneers. And I feel like now we're seeing, really, unless they're playing New Orleans, Tampa Bay come into into their stride. So I'm going to go with the Bucks here, minus four. I don't know. There's something too about the Monday Night Football lights of Goff versus Brady. 
something sticks out there. We're going to hear a lot about the Super Bowl, and I don't know. I don't know if Jared Goff can get past that mentally. I know that's okay. a dumb take. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, I I would actually like the Rams more, but Andrew Whitworth, their their, their veteran tackle is out right now. I think it's a yeah, big that's a blow problem. for them. Yeah. There's a lot of question yeah. marks. Yeah, so they're a very good team, but I do think Tampa Bay, is, as they continue to integrate Antonio Brown, this is a very good team and um, still probably a top two or three team in the NFC. But that was like all the questions going into that New Orleans game a couple weeks ago. It was like, how was he going to go in there? And everybody looked horrible. And then Mike Evans has a, has a pretty good game. He didn't. He only had, what, like 60 yards, but he had a touchdown. Antonio Brown had like 70 yards. Chris Godwin had like 80 or 90 yards. So like they're, they're starting to figure it out, and I feel like they're taking that step. Now, if they look bad again and L.A.'s defense really does hold them up, then I have some serious question marks around them as they and Green Bay would basically flip spots. I know Green Bay's ahead. Actually, they wouldn't. Green Bay's ahead of them. But I, I would have a lot of serious question marks about where they are in terms of the NFC South in terms of trying to compete with New Orleans and really trying to make up some serious ground um, and where they might be as like the potential five seed and all that sort of stuff. All that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, of that, um, you know, playing the NFC East winner helps for Tom Brady. But if they, mm-hmm. you know, if they do end up losing this game, I think that's there's a big red flag that's going up, and it's not the Tampa Bay flag. I'll put it that way. Right, right. Um, two more each, correct? Correct, Amundo. Um, sure. Some uh, question marks, me, though. It is to you. There's some question marks about some games potentially because of COVID, right? So we can do sure. our normal pick sure. stuff. Yeah. Look, be clear here. I'm going with him. You know what I'm talking about. I'm going with I'm going with my gut, which tells me this is the exact kind of game that our birds are going to win this weekend. Cleveland is a three-point favorite. They come in with all the reason in the world to beat us. Okay? We looked horrible last week. Sorry. I like Philly. I think we have the opportunity to slow down this run. It's a great running attack from Cleveland. I think the two mistake-prone quarterbacks, I think we can get to Baker. Um, and I think we play well enough. I think Carson rises to the occasion. I think, you know, it's a gut check game. I think Doug's got the guys ready. We're very good at what you consider quote unquote must win games. And I think this is one of them. So I am all in on the birds to upset <coughs> big sneeze there. I don't know if it's bad luck. I was literally trying to get to the mute button as fast as I could. Cause I, I was trying to hold the sneeze. And anyway, um, I love Philly. I'm going birds. Um, to take out Cleveland. I think Cleveland's ride really high. I think Philly's down low, and I think I think we're going to do it to stay. Aboard the NFC East. In the NFC East. Yeah, so I almost went with Cleveland plus or minus four off the top, but you're right that there's a lot of mistake-prone football that I feel like this game is going to be. I feel like this is an under-darling. Both defenses I feel like are going to have a heyday. And I think the biggest thing going for the Eagles, to go – pro your pick is how well Miles Sanders played. He was really the only bright spot of that game. I would agree that hundred percent. He, we'll he have, looks, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. He's back and he's back in full force. He looks great. Now we need to see a lot from Carson. He didn't make any turnovers last week. So we need to see that streak continue. Here's a question for you, by the way, because okay. I know we're not going to have a lot of time to, to, to talk. Like we usually do a little wrap up, but um. It, sometimes you have to let a guy play his game. And sometimes a conservative Carson is what you got last week. He needs to win us some games. Like uh, uh, part of me says, you know what? I, I can manage a pick or a fumble, not more than one, but like he's got to be willing to take chances. He's, that's what makes him so good. 
is sometimes you got to be willing to do something. You know, I don't know. Does that does that make sense? What I'm saying there. Or? So I was going to ask you this about uh, about Josh Allen because he did a lot of that last week and he ended up leading the Bills back. I know they end up losing that game, but he ends up leading him back towards the end of that game. So I, it's it certainly is something to give Carson Wentz a lot of credit for. Obviously, the first game against the Giants ended up being that that Carson Wentz played great down the stretch. Uh, so your question makes a ton of sense. Now, Cleveland's defense is a little bit di- different than New York's, and that's kind of where the X factor comes in. Of where do we see a lot of these different players go, and and how well do they defend it? I think it comes down to their D backs, Cleveland's, and I think it comes down to the wide receiver play from Philly. Okay. Travis Fulgham was basically gone Fulgham. last week. Give me him. Throw him we the ball. We need him Throw to have a ball. huge game. Um, but there's a couple other guys too that that need to. You know, step up. Greg Ward was Sal Powell's big player of the week, and he had a couple catches, but he wasn't that big of an X factor. Right. So do we need him to be like coming over the slot, trying to figure out some shit, go against that Cleveland running core, or, uh, running core, <laughs> linebacking core that has looked pretty solid throughout a, a number of their different games, including last week against the Texans. So that's that's where the big questions come in, and I feel like that's what it's going to be of you know, the front seven, obviously is going to give Carson a hard time. I mean, last week, the offensive line literally looked like Pop Warners. Like, it looked like children playing against grown men. And I don't know. I, I think it really does come down to how quickly does Miles Sanders get the ball? Do we just go back to, you know, Chip Kelly quick check throws and see who whomever's playing at tight end? I know Zacherts may be playing right. Um, see what's happening there and... And, you know, quick throws and all that sort of stuff. But that then becomes the question of how do these dynamic D-backs respond to that? And they, they could really get after Carson Wentz pretty quickly. That's my biggest concern with the Eagles pulling off this upset. Yeah, and I, and I understand all that. So I, I, I'm definitely with you there. Um, and I hope it works out. I do. I can't do it anymore. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, last week but, was, was really bad. You know, it was tough, too, right. because... You, the Eagles, you kept thinking they were going to figure this thing out against the Giants, and we all probably thought this golf. Well, we fans, kind of expected, by the way. We kind of thought because that we could just we, watch what the, we've been doing. Though. We could watch right? the we've Masters been coming and, back and, in all these games, right? Watch the Masters and tune in and and see kind of a maybe a close game. That's why I didn't hate Matt Heights Giants plus three pick, but yeah, it, it, it was tough. So I don't necessarily hate the pick, um, but. It's one that I was a little worried about and, and staying away from. So that was that was part of mine. Um, and, and a correction, you now have two picks left after my Tampa Bay pick because I went first. And Philly was my uh, – so, so that was my next one. So, no, no, that was my mm, – I don't think so. Have I missed a round? I have you at Seattle, I, Tennessee, Kansas City, Minnesota, and Philly. Did I miss Seattle, a pick? Seattle, Tennessee. KC. KC, Minnesota, Minnesota, Philly. Philly. That's five. Yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe I just can't count. Go on. That's all good. Anyway, my sixth pick. Man, we are uh, we're getting close here. All right, I'm gonna look at. Oh, I miscounted. I'm an idiot. Go on. Nah, you're fine. God, I hate having to pick this big of a spread because I think the Steelers are gonna win this game, but Jacksonville. Really showed some moxie last week. But then again, the Steelers' defense is really good, and this seems like a sucker bet to go 10 points. This should be like 8.5, really draw in some people. Probably the Yinzers on the other side of the state really got after this and moved the line up to 10 points. 
But I, the Steelers' defense is that good, man. I, I don't think the Jacksonville is going to have the gall to, to really get after it because Cleveland's secondary – not Cleveland. Still on the, the last game. Pittsburgh's secondary right. is that good. And I know there's you know all this different stuff. You know, Big Ben looked pretty good, but he wants to be on the COVID list again so he doesn't have to practice the whole week, something crazy like that. The running game, there's some questions about – where really are we going to get any other offense from the Jacksonville Jaguars? So I, I'm going to go with the Steelers here. I don't love the pick because it's such a big line, but I'm going to go with it here. Um, I, I would agree. Um, you know, I just think Jacksonville, minute cheese, they just don't have anything um, going on there. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'll jump to, to my next one here. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take Cincinnati to take out Washington. Uh, I know that Joe Mixon is out, but honestly, this is all about Joe Burrow, and he's better than anything Washington's putting under center. They've got enough weapons to overcome a pretty good Washington defensive line. Um, it's two pretty bad teams, but one team going in the right direction with a moxie, a young quarterback full of moxie and Burrow. I love it. I, I love Cincinnati in this game. Uh, it's a one and a half point line. It's basically a sucker. It's basically a pick em line. So I'm taking, I'm taking Cincinnati all the way to this, all the way to the farm. Yeah. I don't hate that pick at all. Uh, the one thing that would concern me if you are a Bengals fan is their offensive line. Mentioned no Joe Mixon, but they have some weapons uh, behind Burrow to get after it. Um, but yeah, that that defense for the the football team really cannot, really can't do anything. Uh, I keep thinking they're going to be good, and maybe it's just the Giants are better than we think they are. I don't know, but they keep seeming like they're going to get something done. Um, but yeah, I mean, we saw a lot out of Cincinnati last week against the Steelers, right? We saw T. Higgins have a great week. We saw Burrow have a solid week enough. You know, I mean, he's getting hit all over the place. But I don't know. That's a that's a really good pick. I like that a lot. That was one I was I was thinking about maybe going for with my last one. But I like it. I like it a lot. Um, but my last pick. Keep forgetting we're not doing a snake. We got. <laughs> uh, what, what did we miss? We missed Detroit, Carolina, which isn't on the line right now. Is that because? Yep. Is somebody have COVID? Stafford. Well, Stafford's still there. Uh, and Teddy is hurt. Oh, yeah, that's probably a big part of it. Um, right. And then New England-Houston, which ends up becoming kind of an interesting one. New England after the, the big game, but some injuries to be had there. That that being said, um, I still like the, the Patriots here. I know they're going to Houston, but Houston has a lot of injuries on defense, and I don't know necessarily where to think about in terms of their – you know what they're going to do. They're missing a lot of running or a lot of linebackers. And that makes me think the running backs of the Patriots, which has been the shining spot of their offense. Damian Harris, man. Wow. Yeah. He looks good. It the makes me think ball. they're going to have a huge day. So I'm going to go with the Patriots minus one here. Um, kind of a weird line. There's definitely something Vegas knows that we don't, but go on Patriots. Okay. I, I'm just let, let's let's talk Detroit Carolina for a second because okay. I like taking every game on the slate if we can yep. and we're able to do it. This is the last so, game, yeah. So yeah, um, everybody's healthy. Who do you like? Well, I go back and forth on it. I still think the Lions are trending in the right direction. Um, and I, I, you know, I McCaffrey's out. I know Davis has been a decent fill-in. Bridgewater could be digged up. I I think. I like Detroit even without Stafford here. Um, just like the way they've been playing recently. Um, you know, you got Matt Patricia who's fighting for his job. You got some decent weapons now. Another problem though, DeAndre Swift, who has looked really good, is in concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. 
So now I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, hang on. I like Detroit, but now they could, they might be without Stafford due to COVID and they might be without their best running back, but I know they have Adrian Peterson and Kirion Johnson. So here I am thinking Detroit and then everything points back to the Panthers. So I'm going to take the Panthers to win this game. Uh, I think they have a couple weapons offensively like DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson that no one talks about, uh, you know, Bridgewater's been good if he doesn't play, but I still think I like the Panthers at home to take this one. So I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to take the Panthers outright no matter what happens COVID-related or not. Yeah, I like that a lot. I mean, the, the Detroit defense is, is tough. I know there's a lot of question marks surrounding Carolina's offense, but I don't know. I feel like you can get DJ Moore involved you know, in the flats. And, and we saw it last week. He looked pretty good against the Tampa defense. It's been pretty solid. I personally am hoping Mike Davis looks really good. I have him in fantasy. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I just – I struggle to think that the Detroit Lions are really going to get it going when they have so much room to make up. I feel like this is, a, this is a points bonanza, but I like that pick from you, Matty. All right. But we'll, that wraps it up for the picks, right? Are we going to do a college pick or do we want to uh, just go out of oh. No, no, no. We can do a college pick. We can do a college pick. I let me think about what we were talking about. Who I do or don't like. Here, I'm gonna go, go first. On. Go ahead, go. Yeah. So, oh, I just clicked away from the uh, the main slate. But what I really like, we talked about this game for a, for a good amount. But I in the Northwestern Wisconsin game, I really like Wisconsin. I mentioned it. Uh, Northwestern has not impressed me much. I really like Graham Mertz. I think he's a really solid quarterback. So I'm going Wisconsin minus seven on Saturday afternoon. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I like it. I, a little out of, I mean, we, we talked a lot about that game in general. Um, it's important. Um, yeah. I'm going to go a different route. I'm going to take a riskier one here. I'm going to go with Kentucky covering the 30 point line against Alabama. How's that for a while? Well, I'll run. I think that's I a like huge that. line. You know, Kentucky's had some decent games. So I like uh, I like Kentucky all the way, to so just to cover, not to no, win. No, 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 really yeah, yeah. <laughs> the upset, the upset special. No, that's not a bad pick because I feel like this is another one. A lot of Alabama money probably pouring in. Kentucky has, you know, they've been decently solid. They've obviously lost different players to graduation, the NFL, and so on and so forth. But their defense is still pretty solid. So I think that's something where we're probably holding our breath towards the end of that for you, Maddie. But it's probably a, a pretty solid pick. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we'll see. Um, we yeah, talked about everything quickly to wrap up. What'd you think of the NBA draft? Um, this is a bad, bad draft. Not a lot of players that really excited me. Um, I I thought the the few trades that occurred were probably more exciting. I just a weird year too, being so late. Um, but I, I do like I I, I I liked what our Sixers did. I thought they did the best they could with the situation they were presented. Um, moving the guys that they did um, hard for me to say that because you're giving up assets. We could have signed Danny Green and not traded away a first and a second for him and just ignored Horford last year. I'm not that Danny Green would have signed here. So let me be clear, but love where we ended up. Um, I think the biggest story from the weekend is the sad news about Clay Thompson tearing his Achilles. Um, really wanted to see the splash brothers make a comeback. It's going to be at least another year. Um, he might not be the same player again. It's just, it just sucks. It's a huge um, bummer. I thought the Warriors had yeah. a good draft too. I feel like they. Uh, I did. I, well, really Wiseman's a great. Well. Yeah, I mean, and and the, the first their the top pick Wiseman's going to fit really well there. Has an opportunity to play sooner than later. Slot in next to Draymond, and you know Steph still being there. 
Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I don't think they're a bad team, but in a loaded West, you needed clay. Yeah. So I just think it's a bummer for them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but Matt, that's going to do it. I appreciate you getting some time and doing this. Cause, uh, you know, I needed to have some therapy after that Eagles game. <laughs> that's what, that's what we're here for. Right. Yeah. I love so, it. So hopefully you all enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast or to the bullpen cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all that good stuff. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, you know the handles, ThunderBLG, Thunderblog Sports. But for my man, Matty D, everybody have a great weekend. Enjoy the good weather if you're in the Northeast before it really gets cold. And fly, Eagles fly. Let's hope for a W.